Hello and welcome. You are listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study podcast where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God has given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio of Sound of Heaven Church. I invite you to join us at SOH anytime. Go to SOH.church to learn more. Uh, You can download our mobile app, which which has a free digital Bible, lots of great resources, our uh, teachings, uh, an online community. You can chat with us. You can pray with us. I would love for you to get involved in what we have going on. And if you're listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications. Don't want to miss anything. And it also helps us to move forward and get in front of more people. And I don't know about you. I have been blessed studying every single day with you. Well, now we're at five days, uh, but uh, I'm blessed to be with you and going through the gospel of Matthew. We are in chapter seven. We are nearing the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and we've taken our time, and uh, we've gone piece by piece, and Jesus has covered a lot of amazing topics. He is teaching the crowds what it's like to live and operate in the kingdom of God, because that's what was being revealed through him, right? Is that what happens on earth can happen in heaven, that we can have salvation, that we could have eternal life. And that is heaven afterwards. Yes. But also that there was power that was going to come on the people of God to be what? the salt of the earth, to be the light of the world, just as he's the light of the world. And I hope that you take that to heart uh, because you do have an awesome plan and purpose for your life here. Amen. Okay. So yesterday uh, we talked about the wide and the narrow gate, right? If you remember, Jesus is saying that there's basically two paths that you can go and there's the wide path that leads to destruction. And there is the narrow path that leads to life. Now, like anything else, we have to read the Bible, or we should read the Bible in a way where we ask this question, okay? Why is what I'm reading being said? How does the original audience receive this? And then how can I apply this to my life? That is the proper reading of the Bible in its context, because we have to acknowledge that many of the books or letters are written to specific people. Jesus is talking to those individuals in the first century. So when he talks about the wide versus the narrow gate, he is referencing from a covenantal standpoint that all of the promises of Abraham we're now going to go through one point and some of them would get it and some of them would not. And it was very important that they got it because if you know, at the end of that first century, what happened was Rome came down, destroyed the temple and many who did not heed the prophecies and the warnings that were given even by Jesus himself perished in that first century. There's a lot of amazing historical uh, context and historical writings that you can read up on that. So uh, just from a covenantal standpoint, that was important. But as we know, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. All the promises of God go through Jesus. And the beauty of that new covenant is, as we all know, is that where it was only for 
a specific group of people, right? Because God was shaping that bloodline that Jesus would go through. Now it's open to all. So while the way narrowed, the accessibility widened to every single human being on the planet, and I believe ever existed. Amen. So now Jesus obviously warning that there's two paths, but you know, be careful which way you go. Now Jesus it begins to warn, be careful of those that you meet along the way and who to believe and who not to believe. So we have to read this next piece because this is everybody's favorite, right? This is well, this is a lot of people's favorite. People write books about this stuff. Uh, there's definitely a lot of finger pointing around these uh, particular scriptures, but let's look at it in the context. I'll read it first, and then we'll look at it in the context. Remember, why is this being said? How does the original audience take it? And then how do we apply it to our lives? We're always going to approach things that way so that we approach scripture in a healthy way. So beware of false prophets. It's good advice. Let's read. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. And the powerful words here. And yes, it is very important who we listen to, who we connect with in this journey. But let's first talk about that first century, okay? You see throughout the entire New Testament what's happening. Jesus is preaching the truth. The apostles are preaching the truth. The first century church are going around and spreading the gospel. And what is happening? Let's just talk about what's happening during Jesus' time, right? He is going there and he's teaching the people. And the religious leaders of that time that wanted to stay in the old covenant, that wanted to reject who he was as the Messiah, are coming and trying to contradict what he is saying. So now you fast forward, even beyond the crucifixion and the resurrection, that early church was bombarded by messaging. Okay, messaging that basically said the gospel is not true. Jesus is not the only way. Or Jesus is not the way, he's not the Messiah, he's false. Um, and all of this, like I said, leading up to that fateful moment in uh, the first century in 70 AD, <clears throat> when th there was that entire temple came down, which it would get to that in Matthew 24, uh, when Jesus is pointing to the temple, and that is a precursor to you know what actually happened in that generation. So uh, with that being said, there were even people in that time that came and claimed, no, I am the Messiah, right? And we even see this in modern times too. You know, every once in a while, you get something on your newsfeed. Somebody will pop up and say, oh, somebody is claiming to be Jesus, okay? So keep that in your back pocket, that, that that's all what they were all going through. Now for us, right, because there, let's first talk about what a prophet is. Okay, a prophet is somebody who hears what God is saying 
and then through his will speaks what God is saying. Somebody with a prophetic gift, which by the way, in the new covenant is all of us. And that's why it's important to be in tune with God because God will put things on your spirit and God will also have you share that with other people. That is a prophetic act. And it's one of the gifts that we really enjoy in the new covenant. Now, there are people that are called at, at different levels of prophecy. And prophecy is, is basically to for, for exhortation, edification, and encouragement, right? Is to help build to people, build people up. Uh, also in scripture, we see it's you know warning people of something in the future, right? So, so with that being said. If a prophet is somebody who hears the voice of God and then speaks what God has to say, a false prophet is someone who represents themselves as what God is saying, but does so with bad intentions, okay? Does so in a way that's looking to manipulate, looking for personal gain, uh, if that makes sense. Okay, and how do we know this? It's because in verse two, it says they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. So there is an intention of deception here. So I just want to caution everyone because we get so up in arms about the world, you know, pointing fingers and being nasty and and, you know, calling names and resorting to that stuff. I've been doing this for 20 years. Okay, almost 18. And I've seen it in the church too. And things like false prophet, heretic, uh, blasphemer, uh, wolf in sheep's clothing, these things get thrown around when somebody simply disagrees with the doctrine that you believe, right? I've seen this and it gets ugly and it's not nice. And we shouldn't be devouring one another. This is in the, in, the, in the world, and this is also in the church. It's funny. We rebuke the devourer, and then we become the devourer. How can you do that? You can't, you can't have a good, like it says in Scripture, good things, good water, and bad water come out of the same place. So we have to be careful about how we treat one another, especially in the church. We're supposed to be building each other up. Now, here, here's the doctrine that I will never back off from, right? Jesus is Lord that he died for us, that he rose from the dead, and that he is the only way to heaven, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, right? There are other doctrines out there that are baptism, that cover end time stuff, that cover, uh, you know, speaking in tongues and things like that. We can talk through those things, but we shouldn't be devouring one another over those things. We should get together, rightly divide the word of truth, because I don't know about you, I just want what's true right? What I know to be true is that Jesus is Lord and that, that is the core of everything. Okay. So why do I go through all of that? Okay. It's because in our own lives, we can't be so quick to destroy one another, right? There are people along the way that you are going to find that will come in sheep's clothing that come specifically to deceive you that are not who they say they are. And it says inside they're ferocious wolves. This was true for them. This is true for us now. And it is very important for us to know the people that we are around. And that's why it's so important too, right? To study and show thyself approved, to have your own study habits, to seek out the word for yourself. Whenever I'm teaching here, 
don't just believe something because I say it. That sounds obvious, but it's not so obvious to some people. Some people d- make their pastor or their teacher their deity in their life and their source. And listen, the same spirit that is inside of me is inside of you. Okay, the same Holy Spirit. So make sure that you cultivate that and don't rely on a human being so much so that if I fall, if I fall tomorrow, does that affect your walk with God? Or do you say, wow. And that helps us to have grace with one another too, realizing, hey, I'm no different than you because I have this microphone. Doesn't mean I'm more anointed than you. Doesn't mean I have more access to the truth than you. So now let's complete this as we're coming up on 1% here. When we're only two... Uh, two verses in, but so, so important. Okay. But how do we tell the difference between those who have good intentions and those who do not, those who we should listen to and those who we should not let's read by their fruit. You will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. We check the fruit. And what is the fruit? The fruit is the evidence in their lives. The evidence of their lives. That's why it's important to understand the nature of God so that you can look at somebody and say, is this person exhibiting fruit, that evidence that should guide me to follow what they're saying or to believe what they're saying? Right? Well, what is, what is the fruit when it comes to things of God, things of the spirit? God lays it out in scripture, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, kindness, self-control. Scripture says that those things have no, no law against them. Right. And does this mean that everybody's going to be perfect? No, I just got done talking about that. Right. You examine me close enough. You realize I'm one of the most imperfect people you'll ever find. But I'm striving in my life to pursue God. And I'm also uh, some other things that you can look at. Is somebody open to correction? Does somebody always have to be right? Is somebody humble in their life? Because Pride does come before the fall. And we have, unfortunately, a lot of people, even in the church environment, that are so puffed up. And you realize, going back to that first century, that's the way the Pharisees were, the religious leaders. They were puffed up. They could not be wrong. And they had they were pointing at other people, but they never wanted to look back at themselves. They were willing to throw stones, but not realizing that when they examine themselves, like Jesus said, those who have sin, uh, those who are without sin cast the first stone. And they walked away. Why? Because they had to look at themselves and realized if they threw a stone, a hundred more could be coming back. That's exactly why we read, right? We read it just a couple of days ago. Jesus said it like this, right? How can you point out the speck in your brother's eye when you are not willing to pull out the plank in your own? So, so true. So, so true. And allows us to, again, treat each other with grace and truth. Grace and truth. It says, when the word became flesh, when Jesus appeared, 
He didn't come in judgment. He didn't come in condemnation. He didn't come to seek, kill, and destroy. He came with two words, grace and truth. And it says here, I just want to touch it because I don't want you to say, you forgot 19. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. You say, whoa, what does that mean? We'll get to that here in a second. We'll go back to a previous teaching for that because I want to just clear your mind on that. And then we'll move into tomorrow's teaching. It says, thus by their fruit, you will recognize them. Be willing to examine people's lives. But every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Understand that is a covenantal thing. That used to scare the you-know-what out of me. Because I used to say, oh, my God, what if I don't bear fruit in an area? And that can be found if you remember our teaching. Go back and listen to the teaching of John 15, right, where Jesus gives a parable of the vine and the branches. He says, I'm the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. But you got to read that carefully. He That word cuts off doesn't mean cuts off. It's actually the Greek word iro, which means he elevates. And he's talking about branches that are in him. So those of us that are in Christ, those of us that are in Christ have no worries, no, no concern on that. Okay. But he's specifically talking to them and he says, every branch that is not in me is, uh, let me, let me read it here. Cause I have it. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers, right? We need Christ for eternal life. We need Christ for victorious life. You could have a you you could have a decent life, but all those things leave with you. All the things they, they get left behind. Okay, you can have a life where you have what the world deems as 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 good, but I don't know about you. I want a victorious life. I want a life where God works through me. That I'm a vessel where He pours into me, and I get to pour out into other people. And that's what I pray for you today. As as we close, is that you would be wary of the people around you that you would be willing to check the fruit of those in your life and that God, through the Holy Spirit that's inside of you, will give you the discernment to be able to tell the difference of those you who you should associate with and follow and those who have bad intentions. But just remember, we are called to love those around us. That's an unconditional thing. I always make the joke in church, you know, I may not like a lot of people, but I love everybody. And it's partly a joke, but you get what I'm saying. That there's going to be times where people are hard to love, but we love them anyway. Amen. So let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for everyone that is getting together with these studies. Father, give us the discernment in our hearts for who has the best intentions for us. Help us not to be afraid, but just to be careful and be wise, Lord God. And to draw into your word because we know that your word is a light to our feet. Your word will guide us, Father God, in Jesus' mighty name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out at soh.church. You're listening to the 1% Christian. where We get together for 1% and then we head out and do something amazing with this life that God's given us. Go do something amazing today. Love you guys.